Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi. And I'm Kevin Close. And we're going to talk to you this week about what it's like to travel with your own ECV, mobility scooter, whatever you want to call it, electric scooter that you would use um, if you had a mobility issue. So let's give you a little bit of a background here. Um, We went out and purchased Kevin, his own ECV, his personal mobility scooter. Kevin, are you okay to share with us why we got you that? Or should we just glaze over that? Back in the 80s, I was a school teacher. And one day, one of my kids, we were out on the playground, and one of my kids fell off a piece of playground equipment. I ran towards him and went to step over a balance beam and caught my foot, my left foot, and hyperextended my knee and did nerve damage to the back of my leg so that I have what is known as a drop foot, where other people can flex their feet and I can flex my right one. I really can't flex my left foot. Wow, this is a long story. Oh, uh, well, and so exciting. <laughs> um, so exciting, riveting. I've lived with it for a long time. In May of 2018, I tripped over my own feet in a store and broke my arm. And as I get older, this isn't getting any better. I've been to every doctor in the world. I've been through physical therapy and electrotherapy and everything but shock therapy. And it's not going to, it doesn't get better. However, as I get older, it gets worse. And you should gets, have psychotherapy, I think. <laughs> That's probably that might, a good idea. I might fix it. <laughs> as I get older and as I get tired at the end of the day, it gets much worse. So I have went, I have went out. I've gone out and I've purchased my own ECV scooter, whatever. Uh, the rentals were getting a little out of hand. So, so let me expand a little bit more on what Kevin said in addition to this problem he had of... Uh, his foot and stumbling and tripping, he was very cautious of where he st- where he would step. So Kevin was looking down a lot when he walked, and so we would go to a theme park or we would go on these great trips, and he couldn't really enjoy himself. He was more worried about what, where he was walking and how he was walking and if he's going to fall, tripping over something, not tripping. That I think you missed a lot of the fun stuff we did or seeing the sights that we did. We were actually someplace and someone said, did you see this? And I thought, no, I didn't see that at all. And so we kind of decided, listen, now's the time to do it. Let's do it. So that's the reason for it. We went out and got it. We're going to talk a little bit now about the type of scooter we got and why we got that scooter. We were very conscious of the fact that um, for this to be something that Kevin could use... In multiple scenarios, it had to be able to travel with us. It had to go in the car with us, which meant that it had to be light enough for Kevin and I to pick it up and put it in the back of one of our vehicles. Um, It had to break down so it would fit somewhere. Uh, It had to be approved and be able to go on a plane. So we wanted to make sure we got the right scooter for that. And we did some research about that. We did a great deal of research online. And Kevin came to the conclusion of the, the scooter he wanted and the, what he wanted as far as functionality and things like that and design that would work for him. But he wasn't comfortable with just buying it online. It, it, you know, I can buy a sweater and send it back. This is a big item, and I wanted to test drive it before I wanted to sit on it to make sure it's comfortable. Not only am I tall, I'm six foot five. I have big feet. Um, 
I wear a size 15 too. And when you have a four-wheel scooter, they tend to have fenders up in front over the wheels. And there's no room for my feet. So I knew I wanted a three-wheel scooter. And while my feet don't fit on the platform, there is a place where they can overhang the end. This is a lot of personal information, but this is... <laughs> this is the type of thought that we put into getting this. I also needed one because I'm a big boy. I needed one that had a high weight capacity. So all of those things considered, we did a great deal of research. We found a place locally that would sell them and let him go and, and test drive, quote-unquote, the right model. We found what we wanted. We purchased it, and we were very happy with it and you know, started about our travels. Um, again, what's really important to us is the mobility of it, and it's very easy for us to break it down. The battery comes off. The it breaks down into three pieces. The There's seat a seat, a battery, and then the platform. And the tiller on the platform folds down, so it doesn't take up that much room. The heaviest part is the battery, and what did you tell me that was? 30 pounds? Yeah, something like that. And for those who are probably curious of what we got, we got uh, a Pride Go-Go. And that is the name. The Pride, I believe, is the manufacturer. Go-Go is the style. And Pride makes a great many vehicles. I think all of the... ECVs at Disney are actually Pride. Mm -hmm. so it's a big company. It's a big company. and In this market, anyway. Right. So, you know, we think we did well with that. So now we have it. Very excited. Kevin has been taking it to theme parks. Um, very, Malls. Very easy for us to get in and out of the car, for him to get on it and scoot around. It's made life very enjoyable for that. We have flown with it. Well, that's what I was going to get to next. Do you know where we took it? Where did we take it? We took it to a Star Wars convention. You did take it to a Star Wars convention. <laughs> so, um, not the convention. We didn't have it for the convention, did we? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I forgot already. So, um, another important part was the fact that we wanted to be able to fly with this and take it with us everywhere. Because that would have sort of defeat the purpose. It would have meant Kevin would have gotten a... Uh, assistance in the airport and then get a scooter while he's wherever we're visiting. It's not always conducive to where you're visiting to get a scooter. So this was a, an important part of our thinking process. Just to let you know, airports are horrible for people with disability or any kind of disability. I told you I have a drop foot. That shiny marble that they put in every airport makes your toe stub. There's nothing that glides across it. So people who don't have this problem would, wouldn't understand. But if you have any foot issues, those things are, they stub your toe. They're really, really difficult to cover Correct. a lot of ground, and especially if you have to do it quickly. Yeah, which is the case in the airports. So we want to let you know our experience with taking this scooter and traveling with a scooter on an airplane. Um, we are the type of people who do a lot of research up at, in front of our trips. So whenever we are going on a specific plane or a specific airline, we do research by going on their website and seeing what it is you need. And each airline is a little different. Some people don't require anything in advance. Delta didn't care that I had a scooter. Right. They were like, just leave it at the gate. We'll put it under the plane. And some, some of them wanted to fill out a form. So that was United. Um, United wanted, it's like when you rent a car and they make you walk around the car to make sure there was no damage. United wanted to walk around the scooter and make sure that it was in good shape when I gave it to them. And that if there was any scratches or dings or anything, that they were noted. So what was nice about United and this form is that it forced us to put in all of the relevant, rele, relevant, say the word, 
relevant information that um, was required by the airline to fly with this scooter. But it's also the relevant information that other airlines need as well. So Kevin filled out this thing, and then we printed out several copies of it. And we're finding that all he's doing is presenting it to the gate agent. And they're using this as sort of a template to fill out their information. It has the ID number on it. It has the type of battery. And what's the type of battery? Is it a lithium battery? No, it's a dry cell. It's a dry cell battery. And it's allowed to be put under the plane. Has a little emblem on it that says it's okay for flying. So again, look at the airline you're going to go on. See what their requirements are. At the very least, you know, make sure they're aware. One of the places that when you fill out things like luggage or baggage, you can say, bringing my own mobility device. Make sure they know that in advance. And they'll tag it. If you've ever seen anybody get on a plane with a stroller or a car seat, it's the same process. And the nice thing is it doesn't count against your luggage. So you have your luggage allowance, and then you have your scooter goes. So you get to the airport, you get out, you do all your normal stuff. You take the scooter right to the gate, which is very, very nice. Talk to the gate agent. The gate agent will tag it for you. Mm -hmm. Again, this is where this slip of paper has come in very handy for Kevin and I in that we just hand them this piece of paper, and they're very excited to have all the information in one spot. They fill out some forms. They fill out a tag. And when it's time to get off the plane, you just wait by the door, and they bring... So we haven't got on the plane yet. Oh, I'm doing this in reverse. You are doing it in reverse. So then um, where it's time to board... Kevin would drive his scooter down the jetway and right up to the door. And at that point, I don't know what they're called, but they're... Gate agents. Gate ag- no, not even the gate agents. It's sort of someone from lo- from the luggage area will come up and get his scooter from him. And like you said, when you arrive, what happens when you arrive? You get off the plane and wait by the same door that they took it down and they say... They're pretty quick about it. Now, there are some idiosyncrasies. We were just in... Newark. Newark. And they didn't want us to wait on the jetway. They wanted us to wait out in the concourse. And there was an elevator. And it was easier than carrying it up the stairs. So they brought it up in an elevator. There are little idiosyncrasies by that. One time, they wanted my key because they kind of drove it downstairs but then brought the key back up to me before we took off. And other times they tell me, no, just take the key and we'll push it. So everybody has a different process, but it's really easy. And something we we sort of skipped over and I want to cover too is security. Uh, Kevin gets to the security uh, through the same line as everybody else. And he is asked, can you walk or stand to go through the metal detector and he prefers not to they take my cane to put through my cane is metal and they put my cane through the metal detector so I don't have that and they say do you want to just stay in the scooter and I said I prefer that and usually then they he drives around to the side where the guy you know wipes it down and puts it in the machine they to test, test my hands they usually test my shoes explosives. they rub under the seat um, and then I'm wanded and it's just as fast as any other part of TSA. So it's not, there's no hassle to it. It is easier if you have, if you are traveling with someone else. Because I give all my stuff to John. Yeah. And he takes and care of all of that. If you're traveling on your own, I'm sure it's, it would be just, it would be easy, but you would have to make sure you had your own stuff. Uh, you make sure you put the stuff on the belt and push it through and all of that good stuff. But 
yeah, I've been surprised about a couple of things. I've been surprised about how easy security has been with it. I've been surprised at how easy the airline has been with it. I'm also surprised in that it's not coming back totally abused. I thought the first time we did it, I thought, well, there goes your nice new shiny scooter. It's going to be all scratched up and dinged. And it has not been at the least. It wasn't. The only person that's put a ding in it is me. Um, Go ahead. I'm not telling that story. You should tell that story. So flying is easy. Putting in our car is easy. Uh, obviously, if you're going to be going to Disney, it's super easy. Putting it in your car is easy if there's a second person. Yeah. It's um, not that heavy. It's pretty light to lift up. It's harder. It's awkward if you're on your own. John's done it, but it's awkward. Traveling to Disney will be easy as well. They'll be able to put it under the bus for you mm-hmm. uh, for Magical Express or if you use a shuttle service somewhere else, they should be able to handle it. One of the things you want to make sure when you're traveling with a scooter is if you're going to get private transportation, if you're going to do Uber or Lyft or call a car service, is make sure you get a bigger vehicle, an SUV, that can handle the scooter going into the SUV. You don't want to get there and wind up being, I don't know how to get my scooter in your car. This would be tough to put thing. in a small trunk. Absolutely. Um, cruising. So... Cruising, very, very easy. The same as any other thing you would do with, especially ocean cruises, Disney, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity. They're all, they've seen these. They know what to do with them. You're going to be fine. Um, I can't think of anything special to tell you about ocean cruises with them. No, they're quite easy. I will tell anybody who's thinking of this, this has made a huge difference in my life. When we travel with a group of people, which we do a lot, what happens is the group of people walk up ahead, they go on, we're on the tour, and they walk up to the thing that everybody stops to look at. And because I walk slow and I'm very, very cautious, I get there just as they're ready to leave. So they move on. So all I spend my day doing is catching up. I just keep trying to catch up with the group, and it gets to the point where I, I finally stop doing it. This has allowed me to be part of the group. It's allowed me to see things that I haven't seen before and re-see things that I haven't seen in a while. Um, I want to put you put a, a, a different perspective on it for you. As the person who travels with Kevin, um, first of all, I no longer have to worry, is he going to trip and fall? I still worry if he's going to fall. <laughs> I tip the scooter off. <laughs> That's the story you were going to tell. It's Margaret Carey's fault. So we... I no longer have to, you know, keep looking back or keep making sure he's okay or walk next to him and make sure. And it gives me the freedom then to go at a different pace. Um, I'm able to go at my own pace. You don't have to walk backwards? Right, exactly. Or stop and wait for you to catch up type of stuff. So it allows me to see the things I want to see. So you may not be the person in the scooter, but you may be traveling with someone in a scooter. So this is a great... It's a little more freedom. Right. So encourage them. What I want to say here is... If you have someone who needs one, encourage them to get it because it's going to make your life easier too. And if you have to put that spin on it, listen, this isn't for you, it's for me, they might be more inclined to do it. Also, what he's now telling you is I now have wheels and he can sit down and I can go get him things. Right. Go get a drink. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to get to the one area that is tricky when you're traveling with your own scooter and that is river cruises. Uh, Viking river cruises specifically and other river cruises generally will not allow you to bring a scooter on a cruise it's these cruise ships are small 
So I think they're worried about that, of you sort of clogging the, the hallways, the hallways and stuff. But also getting on and off the ship, the gangways are, I don't know how to put it. Depending on the tide, they can be yeah. flat or they can be very, very steep. They're not fixed. They're not long, so you can't do sort of a switch back on them. So, And in cold weather, they can be very slippery. So they don't want you to bring a scooter on a Viking cruise. Now, we are in the process of talking to Viking about our upcoming Christmas markets cruise, about what an option might be. And we're finding out that they have allowed in the past people who bring the scooters that fold up completely to the size of a large suitcase. They're allowing them to bring those on. So we're going to do a little more research, and that might be another option for us for our Viking uh, Christmas markets cruise. So be aware of that, that on these cruise river cruise ships, the likelihood of you being able to bring it is not high, so you may have to either consider a wheelchair or something else that would help you with getting around. I have one other thing to talk about, and that's price. There is a wide variety of pricing. You are going to have to decide what scooter works best for you. They have the large four-wheel land cruisers that are all tricked out, and they're very expensive. They're not great for travel. Um, They also have little tiny folding ones if you're looking to do that. Mine was... Mine is a good size scooter i said it held it holds me it fits my height and my weight and mine was in the 1200 dollars range i used to, uh, when i first started looking at them i thought this was like buying a, a car it's not you can buy them anywhere from 900 dollars up to four thousand dollars and higher i assume but this was about 1200 dollars, and i'm going to tell you it has made tens of thousand dollars worth of difference to the way i travel and the way john travels and what I get to see and do. Just in the amount of money he saved in renting a scooter. Um, renting a scooter at a theme park is very expensive. You can go to one of the off-site companies, and there are great ones out there um, that you can use. But think about it, if you're going to do it multiple times in a year, think of that adding up and how much that's going to add to your bill. So that covers all of the things I want to talk about as far as uh, what it's like to get the scooter and things to consider and the the ease of travel and the challenges of traveling with a scooter. But I thought maybe what we would do is let's end on Kevin's tipping the scooter story. Are you talking to me? Yes, you. Because oh. again, if I tell it, you will not look as good. We're in California and we're at the Tama Shanter and we invited Margaret Carey. Margaret Carey was the body double for Tinkerbell and she is a Disney legend. She is just, she's an amazing person and she just turned 90. If you're watching, happy birthday, Margaret. And we were going to take pictures with everybody on our ABD group and we went outside because the light is better outside. It was bright and sunny. So Margaret went to stand in the garden. And unbeknownst to me, I came off the sidewalk and there is a probably one and a half inches of difference between the sidewalk and the gravel. And I didn't pay attention. And instead of, if I had hit that edge straight on, it wouldn't have been a problem. I just would have bounced down the first time and then the back wheels would have bounced down. I didn't see it. And I hit the edge of the, uh, because I have a three wheel scooter, 
the first wheel went off and then the back wheel kind of went off and the whole thing tipped over. And this was at the end of our lunch. So 32 people were sitting on the bus watching me. Including me. Including John. Because it's the end of our lunch. It's the end of our day. And I figured he's done. How much trouble can he get into? I can leave him alone for five minutes. Apparently not. <laughs> and I'm on the bus and I see Kevin do this on a scooter. And I'm like, he's falling. And Margaret Carey, who is this beautiful, tiny little soul, comes over and has the best line ever. She says, you just couldn't let me be the star of her jets, right? <laughs> so, so 30 people watched me flounder up in the gravel and get back on the bus. And so you have to be careful. So that's his, uh, how he dented his scooter in scooter tipping story. Um, you know, I have we, a scar on my knee because of this. You, you have to be aware. Um, the, good, the great thing is if you're at a Disney park, Disney does a really good thing where, first of all, most surfaces are flat. There's very few places where there's a curb. And where there is, they, they color it different. And make multiple curb cuts. Right. So you know where the curb cut is versus where the curb jump would be. So, you but know, you have to. Right. Be aware of your surroundings. Yes. We were in Disneyland one time, and uh, somebody was traveling with us, and I saw her heading for a section of the sidewalk that didn't have a curb cut, and I knew she wasn't paying attention. And I carried on like a crazy man. And she turned around and she said to me, what is the matter with you? And I said, look in front of you. There's no cut there. You would have gone straight out into the street. So you do have to be aware it's akin to riding a car. You all have to be. You also have to be aware of idiots. And in a theme park, and in all parts of life, there are idiots who think that they can walk in front of you, and without, because it's your fault to stop. Well, I am as conscientious as humanly possible, but there are some close calls because other people aren't being as cautious as I am. I mean, if you run in front of me, I only have. No matter how fast I'm going, I only have so many seconds to try and not hit you. So you got to be aware of other people around you. I try and be, I try and stay as far away, as far behind. But then you'll get somebody who will walk directly in front of you and stop to read a map or a sign or take a selfie, and you have to be aware of that at all times. Strongly recommend that if you need one, consider buying one for yourself rather than continuing to rent for one for you and your loved ones. Right, and for the person who's traveling with you or. If you're the person traveling with somebody, you know, it's going to be better for them as well. If you're in a wheelchair scooter. and someone's pushing you, rent or buy a scooter. You will make your life and their life easier. The other thing that no one talks about is if someone's pushing you in a wheelchair, no matter how much they love you and how careful they are and how cautious they are, you look at what they think you want to look at. And I don't, that's not a slur. John has pushed me in a wheelchair before. However... It's their decision as to what you look at and where you stop and in which direction you face. And it's just human nature. It is just the way it is. When you have autonomy and you have a scooter, you can look at anything you want and steer any way you want and sit any way you want. It's a great deal of freedom. So we hope you got some information out of this. Hope you can see that through our process, we've figured out that having this personal scooter is very easy, makes our lives much better, and is something you should consider with, consider doing and traveling with, because it's going to be, we found it very easy to travel with this scooter. So that'll do it for this episode, and we hope you all have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.